service I pray oh God let your glory minister to us let the unction of God be upon us oh Lord we love you and we need you we praise you and we worship you you're the most holy God I thank you Jesus I praise you Jesus blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty thank you thank you thank you Lord God I praise you God you are mighty and holy God you are mighty and holy Thank you. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. If you have uh, the book, the Bible, <laughs> the Word of God with you, and you'd like to take a look with us, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 15. Look like the rain is trying to rain on our service, but uh, thankfully we are inside That's what we call the church house. All right. Fifteenth chapter of the book of Luke. I'm going to begin with verse 3. spake this parable unto them, saying, now, you know, a lot of people think they're off the hook right when you see the word parable. But a parable is an illustration of truth in the Bible. Okay, don't confuse it with English literature. In the Bible, it's an illustration of truth. Okay? Get that straight. What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he had, hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now, if you'll drop down just a little bit to the 11th verse, 
same chapter, Luke 15, verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all there was, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and journeyed and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, but no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to work for just a little while this morning on God's love is pursuing you. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. You know, the Bible is very clear, and people want to take it and misapply it, or shall I say pluck it out of its place and not fit it into the overall fabric of the Word of God. I don't know if you've ever done a puzzle in your life, whether it be a small, little, big things and easy to do, or something more challenging, maybe a thousand pieces, and you've got to get them all together, and when you finally get them all, they, they give you a nice big picture that's coherent and that makes sense. And, um, but the point is, you don't just pick one thing out of that puzzle, whether it's 20 pieces or 1,000 pieces. You don't pick one thing out and, and run away with it and say, ooh, look what I got, look what I got. Isn't this pretty? Isn't this great? Doesn't this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because it, it wouldn't be much of anything now, would it? All by itself. Oh, it's cut out nice and I'm sure the artwork and the paintwork on it is all good. Great. But of and by itself, its value is limited. It's when you begin to fit it into the overall picture and that you're able to see that big picture then. Or let's say you get down to the end and that one piece you've been holding on to, oh, that's where that goes in. Boop, just goes right in there and makes things complete complete. So I want you to think that the Bible said, think with me this, this morning, that the Bible said very plainly that we are to rightly divide the word of truth. You can't just grab anything you want any way you want it. I think we've given the example before that the Bible said that Judas went and hanged himself. And in another place it said, go thou and do likewise. 
I don't believe we want to put those two together like that. Everybody said amen? Okay. So that's a, a rather obvious illustration of how not to do it. And sometimes people's lives, attitudes, that's what the, the message to us is. They're showing us how not to do it. Much better to find somebody that's an example of the believers. Find somebody that's following in Jesus' steps so that we can learn, as it said, taking the brethren, the prophets, for an example, looking at their lifestyle, their conversation, their lifestyle, their style of living, their way of doing things, and that we would then have something that enables us to know how to do it the right way. Don't want to do it the wrong way. Want to do it the right way. You know, if, you're, if you've got any kind of a managerial position or if you're just trying to manage your home and your children, then, you know, you want, uh, you, you want to have a grip, a grip on things and you want to be giving others the example so that they can get a grip on things, so they can learn by observation what is the right way to do this? How should this be done? I like John 3.16. There's not a thing in the world wrong with it because it's, it's in the book. And all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's all profitable. But if I'm not careful, I could, I could take things out of context. I could pluck things out. And it would, it would not be correct. It would not be right. I would not be, try, I would not be able to comprehend how does this fit in? Where does this fit in? What is the overall teaching and lesson for me here so that I can do things the right way, that I can do things the way that God wants it done? When you go back into the Word of God and you begin to study and read and you see that Jesus Christ made it plain in Matthew's account, having asked them, whom do men say that I am? And uh, that was a plural. Whom do men, people, many, who do, who do they say that I am? And they spouted out a whole bunch of different answers. We kind of liken it to public opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Boy, does everybody have an opinion today or what? My goodness, it's been said, keep your opinion to yourself. Well, I think maybe some people should, you know. I really do. Because their opinions are divisive. Their opinions make for war. Their opinions make for fight and battle and hatred. And that's the kind of world we live in because you know what? Those are the characteristics of the devil. That's what he comes to do. He comes to destroy. He comes to pluck up what's planted. Okay? He's a killer, not just a killer in this life, but more importantly, and for you to learn that he, part of hell and the grave, never satisfied. He wants something for eternity. He's doomed. He's doomed. I've said many, many times, surely the Bible teaches overall that uh, misery loves company. People. Spirits that are unhappy, doomed. They want others to be in the same mess, the same fix, 
And you've got to realize that we have an opportunity because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means he gave the flesh. He provided the flesh. He spoke the word. And in so doing, a willing vessel, the word was spoken over that individual. And even she didn't understand. How can this be? That's not my lifestyle. I haven't known any. I'm not involved. But this was going to be God's will. This was going to be God's power. And God was looking for somebody willing and of faith to step out away from the crowd and knowing full well that there would be criticism and people would have opinions. But as it is written, wisdom is justified of her children. And this child was going to be a special child. This was a supernatural child. This was going to be the son of God. Now, you see, the problem usually comes up right there that we start thinking naturally. You know, Brother and Sister Leah here this morning, they, they have a rarity among us. They have a boy. Well, we got a lot of girls going on, and we love them, every one of them. But, uh, but I, I, we're going to have to restrain ourselves lest we, sp we spoil our, our son here. <laughs> But uh, the point being that you're going to have something that God is doing here, and he, he speaks the word over Mary, and Mary is willing and obedient, and she yields herself to God, and she says, okay, I'll work with your plan, even though it's going to cost me, even though people are going to run their mouths and have their opinions and say their junk, and the devil's going to fuel the whole thing up. And so that's why it came along later where the pitched battle was at when Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? Well, you're this, you're that, you're the other, you're this, you're that, you're that. And then he got down on it, and he said, but whom do you, his apostles, his disciples, whom do you say that I am? And that's where Peter, he, one of the times when he spoke out and was correct and right, <laughs> he had a tendency to, to blab off and get his foot in his mouth and all that kind of stuff. But every once in a while, you know, he was right on. And he had home run on this one. And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The confirmation came through as Jesus said, You didn't get that from flesh and blood. You didn't get that from mankind. You didn't get that in these little religious places. Not at all. I told a man the other day in a restaurant, said something about, I was introduced and said something about religion, and I said, I don't have religion. I said, I have salvation. And there's a huge difference because one comes from man and the other one comes from God. I want the salvation of God. I preach that salvation. I went into a place yesterday to have a, a little business conference, and when I went in, there were some people sitting there, and I introduced myself and said hello, and and uh individual said, uh, so you're, you're a pastor, huh? I said, yes. He said, well, you need to get on your knees right now and pray. He said, because our world's in a mess. And they were talking about different upheavals that are going on in America right now. And I said, well, I've already done that. <laughs> no, you should have been with me before daylight. I already did that, sir. And then I, I gave him a witnessing, too, on what he needed to do. You know, everybody wants to tell the preacher what to do. But they don't want the preacher to tell them what to do. 
Oh, my God. God forbid, right? God forbid. Wait until, you know, you get yourself in a big old mess and your back is against the wall and you get the pride slapped out of you. And then, then we want to come a-running, you know, and need a little help here. Well, I'm trying to tell you the, it was a great revelation when Peter said, Thou art the Christ. And it was confirmed by Jesus. Okay, you got that from the Spirit. When it said, My Father, that's the Spirit, church family. That's the Spirit. God is a Spirit. Okay? Not an old man. That's not God. Thank God that's not God. God is a Spirit. And the heavens of the heavens cannot contain Him. So when you think of Heavenly Father, and you think of the Spirit, amen. And the Bible said that the Spirit, God, came in the flesh. In other words, the Bible said that the Father and I'm trying to put this where you can understand and keep it right in the book. That the Father dwelled in the Son. That means the Spirit dwelled in the flesh. To reconcile, to bring back the world. Oh, we got some lost sheep here. We got some, some that are out there floating around somewhere. Taking attitude. Talking ugly. All full of themselves, mixed up. Mm -hmm. Until, until they hit rock bottom, most of the time. And uh, he he went out. He said, "I got a lost sheep here. I got to go find this individual, and I'm gonna trust the congregation." Be praying and sticking together and pulling hard. We'll leave the righteous there. They're, they're well fed. They're doing good. Let me, let me get out here among the thickets. Let me get around the highways and the hedges. Let me find that lost sheep. It's all mixed up, all confused. Oh, yes. You know, every once in a while, you look through the Computer at the mug shots in those all ages, and you you see people that somewhere along the line they just went off in the wrong direction and they made mistakes and they kept sinking deeper and deeper and deeper until they're lost. I read in the book of 2 Samuel, around chapter 15, said that the woods devoured more people that day than the sword did. Think about that. There's a lot of people that are being swallowed up in this world. All the woods all the crevices and all the valleys, different places and different things that are just swallowing them up. And they're getting lost 
more and more each day. The world is getting evil men and seducers, the Bible said, are waxing worse and worse. Simply, they're becoming worse and worse. Or as the little boy said, worser. Sounds more like a cheese, doesn't it? But uh, there's a lot of people out there showing us how not to do it and how good God was to pluck us out like a branch coming out of the fire. Oh, yeah. I saw a picture of a man that they set on fire. And another man came up, and he had a club, and he was beating that burning corpse. He wasn't quite dead yet, but he was doing a number on him. And so was the fire. How cruel and wicked people can be. How ugly and hateful. Somebody said the haters are going to hate. Yeah, I guess they are. The kind of spirit that's working on them, I reckon they will. But those of us that have the Holy Ghost, we're going to show the love of God. That doesn't mean we're going to compromise. That doesn't mean we're going to let uh, back up and let down. Not at all. Well, that means that we're, we're prayerfully seeking those lost people. We're trying to pluck them out of the mess they're in, pull them out of the horrible pit that they've fallen into. And I'm telling you, Luke 15, or rather the Bible is telling us, going out looking for that which is lost, trying to find it, trying to get it on course. No doubt many, many people that are in jail and lives are all kinds of men, both men and women, boys and girls, that are all messed up, that somewhere down the road there was an invitation or maybe they did attend some Sunday school. Maybe they actually were a part of the true body of Christ. And that somehow, some way, Spirit got a hold of them. They went off track. We're trying to find them. We're trying to get them looking in the right direction. Help them to get that pride under their feet and that rebellion under their feet. Help them to realize that looking up is what they need to be doing. Oh, how this world needs God. And thank you, Jesus, for the day you found me. Thank you for the day you pulled me out of the fire, Lord. Amen. Thank you for the day you put me up on your shoulders and you carried me along. Oh, yeah, what a great God we serve. What a glorious, wonderful God we serve. You know, it's one God, one God that we serve and that saved us. And he was kind enough to dispatch an angel. You remember when he sent an angel to a woman and told her, you're going to have a child and you, you raise that child according to a specific manner. And the angel left. The woman told her husband. Man, he said, I want to get that angel back here because I want to hear what he had to say because he wasn't there when it happened. And uh, But the instructions that were given were important instructions. 
You know, standards are important. Ways to live this life that are acceptable to our Father are important. We fight battles over keeping those correct guidelines working in our lives, submitting ourselves to them. We fight battles over that. The flesh rises up, doesn't want to submit. The flesh wants to argue things. But you know, when you get your spirit right with God, and you keep your spirit right with God, it's the reason we go, it's one of the reasons we go to church, one of the reasons we pray, one of the reasons we're reading the book, because we know that in this flesh dwells no good thing. And it, it's trying to get up out of there, right out of that grave. It's trying to get to the place where it can do its thing. You know? The flesh is, uh, unfortunately, that way. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Come right in. You're welcome. God bless you. Everybody said hallelujah. So you notice here just a few verses apart in two different situations. We've got going after a lost sheep. And then you go a few verses down and you, you read about two individuals, two sons, two brothers that they working with the father until one of them decides had enough of this. And of course, give me. <laughs> give me what's mine. Give me what, you know, my inheritance. And he gets it and he takes off. And does the typical thing that, that happens to people and that is involved himself with those that were only going to be with him when he had the money. And when the money ran out, next thing you know, all the people ran out. All the so-called friends disappeared. He found himself destitute. found himself without. So much so that complications came along like a famine, and he, he had nothing to eat. We find somebody that has some pigs. Pig farmer. He says, well, I'll give you a job. Go down there and feed the pigs. The swine, the Bible says. King James Version. And uh, he finds himself so hungry. I actually saw a picture of a child that was in a time of famine and got isolated off by himself. And he was bent down, I guess, looking for any little thing if he could find it. His rib cage was showing, just a little old guy. And just a few feet away was a vulture. You know, vultures only feed on the dead. So he was just following, sensing that that child is going to die, and when he does, I'm going to eat dinner. Oh, what a horrible thing. You know the devil, he's following and he's watching people waste away. He's watching people make a big old mess of things. 
and they just, but they got their religion. They got their religion. They get that scripture, that verse, and pull it right out of context. They don't fit it into the rightly dividing the word of truth. They don't do that. They just want to grab one little old thing and run away with it. And it doesn't work too well that way. Get a lot of confusion, a lot of mix-up that way. And the Bible teaches very plainly that this son, thank God something woke up, something good woke up in his heart. Bottom line, without dragging it out, he, he said, I, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to the Father. And I, I'm going to let him know that I blew it. <laughs> that I was thinking wrong and crazy. I wasn't obeying the Scriptures, and I wasn't rightly dividing the word of truth. I just got everything all mumble-jumbled and mixed up, thought I knew it all. And I'm down here eating what the swine, the, the pigs are eating. And when I know that the servants, the least in my father's house, have more than enough and to spare. The Bible teaches that when, in coming to himself, he made the steps in the right direction. That's part of repentance, isn't it? Turn away from the wrong and the bad path you've been on and the in improper, unspiritual way you've been thinking, and you begin to head in the right direction. And as he did that, Scripture teaches that the Father became aware. He saw him a great ways off. Now, you know that our God sees us. He knows everybody. He knows everybody by their name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he saw him. I had a man describe his son one time. He said, well, he came in, he was wearing some kind of a smile. And that, that young man was making his way, fighting against the vulture, fighting against the buzzards of hell. I'm going back to what's right. I'm going to do what's right. And in so doing, the Bible says, your Scripture says, it's contained within the Scripture, that the Father saw him a great way off. He said he had compassion on him. You know, the, the devil is always going to tell you that God's going to beat you up. Everybody's mad at you. Let me tell you what changes. Sometimes we do get a little upset with people because they hurt people. And they, <laughs> they uh, you know, I was, I was in a meeting many, many years ago, and I was very young in the Lord. And uh, there was a bunch of individuals that were giving my pastor a very hard time, and it was totally wrong and unjustified, and uh, I spoke up, little old me, I just spoke up. There was a preacher that 
was really running his mouth and saying a bunch of junk. And I told him to shut up. I could have been more biblical and said, hold your peace. But it didn't come out that way. <laughs> it came out, shut up. You shut up. <laughs> I told him, you don't have any right to say anything. You did this and this and this. Yeah. You know, the, we do get upset at unrighteousness. As long as you don't go to sleep on your anger, you'll be okay. Get it right with God. I read where Jesus got angry. He got angry with people's excuses. You know, I would but, I would but, I would but, I would but. Well, <laughs> again, my pastor said, get your butt out of the way. It's only got one T in it. Get your excuse out of the way is what it means. And let's go forward. Let's do what's right. The devil gets you hooked on ex excuses. You'll always be hooked on excuses. You got you to gotta get a hold of responsibility. You got to stand up, square your shoulders, and here we go. You know, here we go. We're going to take care of this. We're going to do it right. going to do what I really know I need to do. Father saw him a great way off and felt his pain. Sure he did. And he said he had compassion on him. And you know the father, he went to meet him. He hugged him and fell on his neck, even kissed him. Oh, man. The devil always wants to paint an ugly picture wants to build up all that stuff in your mind. But keep in mind that in the overall and fitting all of the Scriptures together, rightly dividing them, then you find out that God so loved the world that He gave that flesh that He produced in a willing vessel and He dwelled in that flesh not by measure, but the Bible said the fullness of the very God dwelled in that flesh bodily. To wit that God, Spirit, was in Christ's flesh. Father in the Son, Spirit in the flesh. You know? You can't look at these things naturally. You've got to look at them spiritually. And God, the one God. And you don't go carving him up, some kind of first, second, and third person. That's not Bible. And that's the first thing that has to hit your mind. If it's not Bible, then I don't want nothing to do with it. Your soul is at stake. Your family's souls are at stake. The world and the souls are at stake. They need an example. They need a, a good positive word. Whom do men say that I am? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, who do you say that I am? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, yeah, that's right, the Son of the living God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Come on. Thank you. Yes, sir. The Father, who is the Spirit, that the heavens of the heavens cannot contain, is pursuing you. He's trying to run you down for the purpose of bringing you into the body of Christ, which is the church. 
church meaning people that are called out of darkness into His marvelous light. This, as I said, is raining out there. This is the church house. It's a physical, natural building. But the church, the body of Christ, somebody asked me not too long ago, would you belong to this organization? Or what organization? I said, I belong to the BOC, body of Christ. That's what I belong to. That's what I'm a part of. Amen and amen and amen. And that didn't just happen because I went and got some paper and signed it. No, it happened because God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. And I got baptized in water by full immersion, because that's really what baptism means, baptized. I got baptized in water in the name that is above every name. Jesus Christ, for the remission, the full pardon of all of my sins, because the blood is in that name, and there's no remission without the blood. That's in your Bible. Jesus, being the Lamb, being the Son, being the flesh, He died on that cross. He took every whipping, every beating, every spitting, every bad attitude and words. And he took every sin and sinful offense of everybody as they nailed him to the cross with their attitudes, coming by smart alecky. You be who you say you are. Come down off of there and then we'll believe. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. One guy, he, he found out what a lot of people are going, unfortunately are going to find out. He, he died and immediately he lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. Because he kept turning away from the church, the Scripture teaches. kept turning away from the one that was trying to give him the right example and the right words. Turned away from it. Got my own way, pursuing so many other things. You know, not all prodigals come back. Unfortunately, not all do. And uh, he lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. This rich man whose riches could no longer do him any good. As Jesus said in one place, Son, thou hadst thy good things. And now, now. It's all changed. It's all flipped around. Yeah. Look down on those that did without and took a rougher path. You know, there's many examples. Isn't that what Lot did? He headed down to garden, what he thought, what he thought was the garden of God. Left Abraham with the rugged mountains. The mountainous terrain, and him older, he was the uncle. Lot was the nephew. Oh, yeah. You better understand, understand it well. There are people that are constantly taking the soft path. What did Jesus say? They that are arrayed gorgeously are in the king's palace. 
people that are pursuing. And the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell, and all his suits couldn't do him any good. All his leather, fine Italian leather shoes couldn't do him any good. All his money in the bank couldn't do him any good. Lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment, begging, just dip finger, the end of your finger, water, send him down here, touch into my tongue. I'm parched in these flames. Help me out here. While you're at it, send, send somebody back to my family. Tell them not to come here. But he's pursuing, I'm telling you. Can't do anything about the guy that's gone or the person that's gone. They gone. But the ones that are here, he said, you can go find them. Put them on your shoulder. Carry that burden. Run out there and get them. That one that in famine and misery, torment, nothing to compare with what's coming for the unbeliever. But it's, it's enough right now for the present. Go have compassion on them. Find them. Be strong enough to bring them back to welcome them, to encourage them. Don't compromise with them. God forbid. You know, it's like the guy that showed up looking for somebody, and he found the person and said, hey, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm fixing to walk around the block, and then I'm going to kill myself. He said, oh, man, come on, let me walk around with you. So he walked around with them, and they got around, the, took the block, came around. They both killed themselves. It doesn't do any good to compromise. It doesn't do any good <laughs> to sympathize. Sympathy is of the devil. We want compassion, and there's a huge difference, biblical difference. Biblical. We want to help people. At some point, yes, there's got to be some repentance. There's got to be some cooperation. Yes. But if we can find that, we can build on that. We can help that have compassion. We know that once we were lost, we know that once we were mixed up, we know that once we were having bad attitudes, thank God for we ran into somebody that was strong in the church and pulled us out of the fire, that gave us the right words, that stood up to our bluff and our garbage and our pride and our rebellion. I'm telling you, God is pursuing people every day, every day, every second, every nanosecond. And there's one faster than that, if you can believe it, that God is pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. Ran out there to get them, had compassion on them. So the enemy wants to make everybody believe that God is a, so full of vengeance. Well, that vengeance belongs to God, and that day will come, but it's not right now. Today is a day of salvation. Now you got an opportunity. We have to quit doing things our way, you know, or the way of the flesh. 
had a man in a parking lot. I told some of it at the uh, Home Depot. And I was going, and boy, he locked in on me. I didn't know him. I was just going into the store. But this guy was coming out, and he locked in on me and engaged me in conversation. And I, I'm, I'm definitely going to witness, so I'm, I'm ready to go. And, uh, and he just wanted to tell me what all he had and who he was and what God done for him. And the more he talked, the more confusion was coming out of his mouth. And, you know, I tried every angle, every way I could to, to get through to him. I tried to be as nice and compassionate as I could be. And he just came up with some of the most outrageous statements. You know, I told him, I said, anything that God has done for you, I'm thrilled about it. I'm happy about it. But you've got to take that and go forward with it. Some people have something good happen, and they think they know it all. Not so. Not so at all. You know, there's things that God wants to do with our lives as well as in our lives. We've got to realize that he's pursuing us. He's chasing after us. He's reaching out to us. He's not hiding from us. He's not trying to kill us or beat us up. You know, that's not what that, that's not God's feelings or attitude about the situation. Jesus made it clear. Gonna gonna get the 99 settled over there. I'm gonna go get the one. Jesus made it clear. He said the righteous, they don't have any need. It's the sick. It's the unrighteous. It's the unholy. It's the mixed up, the confused. They're the ones that have need. He said in one place, he said, go and learn what that meaneth. <laughs> Some people don't know that. Some people can't get the burden. People want to do things in a humanistic way, and it does not work. Humanistic will not accomplish spiritual things in people's lives. Okay? Not going to do it. God has a spiritual way for things to be done. And we've got to learn those ways. We've got to work with those ways. You know, Jesus had a woman that was brought to him. She was, a, she was a fornicator. She was in adultery. She had got caught in the very act. And they, of course, they were going to use that, and they brought her to Jesus. And in my mind's eye, threw her down on the ground at his feet and began to quote the Bible, part of the Bible, <laughs> as people are wont to do. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like that guy telling me in the parking lot, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, I said, that's, that's not what it says. Oh, yes, it does. I said, no, it doesn't. I said, Romans chapter 12, you go ahead and look. He got his phone out and he talked to me and say a bunch of junk. And then look, say, look. Finally, he said, I got to go. I said, what happened? It wasn't there. 
Yeah, it wasn't there. Uh-huh, it wasn't there. <laughs> Let's get our minds on what's there, huh? Let's get our minds on subject matter. Get our minds on that good chapter and verse. And, you know, then I gave him an invitation. It's got chapter and verse on it. And I said, this, read this, do this, obey this. Everything that's good that's happened in your life, it brings you to this. Do this. Obey this. He practically ran and got in the car and drove off. A lot of people running away. Running away. I don't want something that looks like it, Lot. I want the real thing. I want what Peter and James and John and the rest of the apostles and Mary, the mother of that flesh, who pondered these things in her heart and said, what does this all mean anyway? I've got a goodly piece of the puzzle here in that baby, but I'm not really getting this. One day, they're at the feast, and they're heading home, and quite an entourage. They had a pretty good-sized family, and all of a sudden, somebody woke up and said, hey, where's Jesus? I don't know. Oh, that's not a good thing to lose him. <laughs> you get to trucking along on your own steam and watch out. Yeah. And so, boy, said, uh, we need to backtrack a little bit here. They, they headed back to the, to the church house. Isn't that funny that they pretty much figured where they could find him? He'd be at church. And sure enough, they found him there. An old bleeding heart mama. <laughs> Mary says, son, why have you dealt with us this way? Why have you treated us like this? But I think he was ramped up and full of good Holy Ghost right about then. He said, wist you not that I must be about the business of the Spirit, my Father's business? Don't you understand? <laughs> and she was, had that real dumb, dull look on her. Oh, okay, well, let's go home now. <laughs> I'm going to cook your favorite meal tonight. That's when, you know, Jesus had a way of saying, I have something to eat that you know not of. Yeah. I got to do the will. I got to, I got to be doing his business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But one day, one day in an upper room in the church house in Jerusalem, having with about 120 obeyed his words, it all came together that day. Because they were, suddenly, the Bible said, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. I don't think they were sitting too much longer, to tell you the truth. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, it came together. Yes, it did. It came into focus, friend. Woo! This is what it's all about. This is why he gave his life on the cross, so that he could pour out of his spirit. He could get that gift of God to give to us. 
Never read to take Christ as your personal Savior. Receive you the Holy Ghost. I read that. That's in the book. Let's do it God's way. And he said, after you get that, he said, then you're going to have power to be a witness unto me. And you can get out there and get those sheep, get those souls, get those wandering people. And bring them into my house. And make it full. Oh, yeah. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do have to carry people. He put the, that sheep on his shoulders. Sometimes we have to carry people. Yeah. Sometimes we have to do that. Now, people would like to define that naturally, and they'd like for us to, you know, go get a million-dollar loan and give everybody money. It's the truth. That's what they'd like. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can give people money and, and it doesn't do a lick of good. No good at all. People need the Holy Ghost. People need baptism in the name of Jesus Christ so they can get all their sins forgiven. Yes. He said you, he likened it to a, a rope tied to a cart, loaded down and tied around your waist. And he said that's what your sin is like. You're carrying it around. You're just carrying it around. God wants to help you to repent. He's pursuing you. He wants to pull you out and get you to repent so you can cut that rope. Get rid of that. Get baptized in Jesus' name. Get rid of all that sin. Yes, sir. Every bit of it will be taken care of. And then he wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Surely it's three simple things, isn't it? And, that, and when you do those things, that is, that is believing. That is biblical believing when you do that. Yes, when you do that. But you can, you can uh, choose not to do that. You choose not to repent. Choose not to get baptized. Jesus. Choose not to receive the Holy Ghost. And yet go around saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. You believe what? Believing is action. You act on God's Word. Like telling your child to take out the garbage. Yeah, I'm going to take the garbage out. I'm going to take the garbage out. When are you going to take the garbage out? It stinks. Well, you know what? Sin stinks. That kind of lifestyle stinks. And God wants you to cut it off. God wants you to have an about face and a change of mind, heart, and attitude. By faith, you do it. Yes. And then you take that step, get into the water, get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and get all of that mess out of you and forgiven. Oh, it's forgiven. Don't tell me he's a vengeful God in this dispensation we're living in. He is not. He's a merciful, kind, and loving, compassionate God. He is full of compassion. And that's not a signal to do whatever you want to do and take advantage either. No, no, no. That's a signal for you to be thankful. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. I can't say thank you enough. I can't praise you enough. 
need to go to church. I need to, we don't need less church. We need more church. We don't need less involvement. We need more involvement. Amen. If I thought it would help some people to be on time, I'd buy them an alarm clock. But then they'd say, well, who's going to set it? Right? Responsibility. Responsibility. Some of our young men coming in from their Sunday school class. God bless them. And some parents are fighting these kids coming to church. We've had children come here in years past. And some of them are, got their mug shot. Yeah, they do. Now they're grown. Makes you want to go back to that parent and say, now what? Why didn't you get behind? Why didn't you work with us? You know? Tell the boss it's time to come up, okay? So we've got to give ourselves to this great calling. We've got to recognize what God is doing. You know, he's 24-7, 365 and a quarter. That's me too. <laughs> but he's better at it. He's better at it. Somebody asked me if I was going to retire. I said, I don't have that software. I don't have that ship. No. And my wife turned 65, and she unretired. I had a man tell me the other day, he retired from the sugar mill, and he said, he said, man, I'm tired. And I said, well, now you're retired. Fixing to get tired some more. <laughs> Because you're going to be busier than you ever were. That's what everybody tells me that has, quote, unquote, retired. They've got more to do now than they ever did before. And you better stay busy. Or you won't be among the living too much longer. You won't, have, you won't be on top of the dirt. You want to be doing for God. Amen. You don't want to be spinning your wheels and just running willy-nilly all over the place. Let's go find those sheep. Let's go find those souls. Let's be that power witness that God called us to be. Oh, yeah. Let's get genuinely real about the work of God. You know, not a fake, not a phony, not a plastic, not a put on, not do a, uh, somehow or another arrange everything to where my flesh gets to do what it wants to do. This isn't about that. This is about denying the flesh. It's about slapping the flesh down and getting alive in the spirit doing the things that God wants us to do, the way he wants us to do. Everybody said amen. Give God another big hand. Come on. There are many, many wonderful examples in the Scripture of both men and women that Jesus come by. They're in the middle of catching fish, running their business with their father. and He said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Bam, they went. You know, one guy's handling money. Levi, Matthew, come follow me. All right. Pretty soon people, I know that's right. I know that's right. I know that's right. And they were leaving what they were doing. They're following him. They found a guy one time and they brought him to Jesus. They said, we found the Messiah. Come on and go with us. 
him that the scriptures foretold him. Come on, let's go. Here come some of our young ladies. We get taught downstairs, and we're planning on them to get old enough to get married one day and then have the child. Everybody said amen. That's the way, that's proper order. You know, the Bible teaches that things would be done decently and in order. you didn't do that, you did it wrong, that's another reason for you to be here. Let God straighten out your life. You know, let him work it out. Let him iron it out. Let him get rid of the spots and the wrinkles. Work with the church. Work with the program. Do the will of God. He's got so many good things in store for people who will work with him. Everybody said amen. He's a great God, church family. He's a wonderful God. You want to get your mind on him. You want to believe him. You want to trust him. You want to obey him. You don't want to do things according to your will and your way. You don't want to play these games. You know, you open the Bible and it's written, you know, okay, God. I want to to be a part of that church that Jesus said, you got that revelation about this, who I am and what I'm doing. You got that from the Spirit. He said, uh, I'm going to build my church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You can know from the start that you're going to be an overcomer and victorious if you'll work with it, if you'll stay with it. Yes, sir. But a lot left it, didn't he? And what a mess that was. What a mess that was. But old Abe kept on praying, didn't he? And when the time came, when once again, back against the wall, made a mess of everything, the devil stomping all over it, Abraham blew the whistle and the army of people, children that were trained by him, they saddled up, friend. They went and rescued Lot. They got him out of the mess he was in. Oh, yeah. Don't you know God is looking at every situation? But he's looking for a little cooperation, looking for a little something in your heart that is saying, help me. I messed it all up. I need you. I need your help. Oh, yeah. And brother, you send that right signal, and you're going to get some help. My God's a cowboy. He's going to saddle up. <laughs> Well, it did say he rides on the wings of the of the wind and the cherub and so on and so forth. So I guess that's his horse, you know. But he's coming. The point is he's coming. And he knows how to rescue us. He knows how to rescue the sheep out there and the people out there. And I'll grant you, there's some cases we do have to leave to God, so that's why we've got to go to prayer. And God will take care of it. There's some situations we just can't do the hands-on thing so much. But God can take care of it. God can take care of it. Some people, like Lot's wife, they look back. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. You got to get your mind on the book and on the Spirit of the Lord and submissive 
you try, start taking things into your own hands and trying to do everything in your natural fleshly way, you're just going to make a mess. But we're going we're gonna to do it God's way. And if you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and you get the gift of the Holy Ghost, you start growing in grace and knowledge, and you learn God's way. There are some people, you know, they just want to read John 3.16, and that's it, friends. They just fall off the end of the table. There's not, there's not another thing. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. And I'm like, saved from what? <laughs> what are you delivered from? You're still rebellious, still hateful, still proud? Yeah. Still full of all kinds of issues and anger and pride, rebellion, all kinds of things. But they claim they're saved. And I want to know what they're saved from. They're still drunks, still addicted to all kinds of drugs. I'm telling you, when you get, I was rebellious. I was very rebellious. But, man, when I got the Holy Ghost, God casted that rebellious devil out of my life. I became submissive. Yes, sir. Work with the church. Work with the pastor. Work with the Word of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'll tell you funny things. It would be funny to you, but. It, it was, I was trying to, to get it right. I went to church, one of, my, one of my suits, I worked in a clothing store, a hippie clothing store. I had my English double-breasted suit on and my red, white, and blue shoes. And when I walked in, every eye was turning and looking at me. And I said, oh, God. And I couldn't get out of church fast enough, man. I got me a bottle of, I went to Brother Colbert. No, <laughs> I didn't. I, I, um, I got me a bottle of, of black polish. And uh, I, I, it was no more red, white, and blue. It was just black, black shoes now. Yeah. And I'm not against anybody, okay? I'm not saying that. It was me. This was me. This was me. That was what I was coming out of. I didn't want to be an exhibitionist. I didn't want everybody looking at me for those things, you know? Yeah, I probably gave the suit away and headed down to the Goodwill. Found me something down there. Only we didn't, we didn't call it Goodwill back in those days, whatever it was called. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I better let you stand because we got some church business to take care of this morning, sure enough. And we are glad you're here. Thank you, Jesus. And here comes some of our beautiful little children. Thank you, Jesus. We're in our 39th year of our academy. We closed out 38 years. We're in our 39th year. We're very thankful. These kids are smart as a whip, being trained right. They came out of K4 and 5 and went in the learning center, and they can all read, all doing their subjects properly. I know there's a lot of people trying to come out of 12th grade can't read. Okay? They go through the schooling system, the public schooling system, they don't know nothing. I've had public school teachers put their kids in our academy. Think about that. Oh, yeah. But most importantly, they're in a good, clean environment. Good, clean environment. Where prayer 
Bring requests. The children learn to bring requests to God. Oh, yeah. You know, we, had, we actually had a tree outside of the church that um, nobody said it would live. They said it would die. So seeing Sitfeld, that would be my wife, my boss, coming Wednesday will be 48 years. They said that wouldn't work. Nobody factors in God, you know. If, if, if you factor in God, it is going to work. If you, don't, if you don't get God working in a situation, chances are it's not going to work. And, uh, but they, she went out there and they dug a hole. And I don't know but what, maybe Brother T-Mac dug the hole. I don't know. And uh, put that tree in and they prayed over it. It's a big old tree now, you know. But I'm, I'm thinking of children, people. That, you know, ain't never going to amount to nothing. Oh, give them to us. Give them, give them to us, and we'll, we'll plant them in the name of the Lord. And God will raise them up, and they will bear much fruit. Oh, because he ordains that. He orders that. He wants you to bear fruit. Everybody said amen. amen. Give God another big hand. <laughs> All right. Let's take care of this business first. We've got several things. So everybody said, God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. <laughs>